This is What's the Spread, Season 1, Week 6 in the Big Ten. As always, I'm your host, Dan Starr. Joining me this Thanksgiving evening, we got Andy Starr. How you doing tonight? Whew, uh, weird Thanksgiving. I actually had Vietnamese food because we just stayed at home, so there that happened. Go. Okay, all right. I uh, I drank about a gallon of gravy, so that's always good. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so basically, we got a, um, a a six game schedule this week, Andy. We lost another game. The Badgers uh, were going to battle the Gophers for Paul Bunyan's axe. Um, it's the most played rivalry consecutively, um, and that one's not going to happen this week because of COVID issues with the Gophers. Well, uh, what what were you going to think on that game going forward? Uh, well, I didn't get a chance to look at the spread. I don't know what what happened with that line during the week. But, um, yeah, first time in like 117 years or something that they're not playing. But, I mean, we all know how horrible Minnesota's defense is. Um, I think Wisconsin has a bounce back game here. And they probably would have won that game. I'm not, like I said, I wasn't sure about the spread. I'm assuming it would probably be around seven and a half, ten and a half. But uh, I think they Wisconsin probably would have covered that. I thought the early spread was bigger. I thought it was like in the 20s. I thought, oh, was it? Yeah, I thought it was like 20 and a half or something crazy. Eesh, yeah. That might have been tough. Right, right. Yeah. So good thing we don't have to pick it because I think that would have been a tough one. Um, Graham Mertz kind of struggled there against the Northwestern defense. We'll talk about them a little bit more later on in the show. But, you know, the Badgers, you know, they didn't look too hot. Um, against Northwestern, and even though they're ineligible now for the Big Ten Championship, I just didn't see them getting there after they lost to Northwestern. So, Right. All right, well, we got one Black Friday game here tomorrow. Uh, Nebraska kicks it off versus Iowa. I believe this is a, a, a afternoon game as well. Yeah, and uh, let's see, Iowa comes in as a – 13 and a half point favorite and you've been on Iowa all year long um I wasn't a believer but after watching them uh last week just uh you know completely dismantle the shell of whatever Penn State has left over there I'm on Iowa I like I like uh, I like what they got going on they got a great defense there so after that 0-2 start they're rolling so let the, in the three wins they've they're averaging over 350 yards per game and over 40 yard, 40 points per game. And in that same three-game span, they've only given up 42 points. And 21 of those points were to Penn State last week. Um, Nebraska D, they were looking pretty horrible last year, last week. We know Illinois doesn't have the best offense. Um, and Illinois was able to put up 41 on that team. And now we've We've seen enough from McCaffrey. We know Martinez doesn't have it. So I'm looking at this game, and I like Iowa minus the 13.5. I'm jumping on the Hawkeye bandwagon here, and I'm taking them uh, minus the points. Spencer Petrus. Yeah, you're liking them now, aren't you? Well, I mean, after last week and the Will, you know, Petrus or Will Levis, and I embarrassed myself with that one, I think I, I owe it to him. So Right, right. So a few things uh, jump out to me on the, the, the stats when researching this game. So Nebraska, they rely heavily on the run um, and running quarterbacks, obviously Adrian Martinez, and now it looks like McCaffrey uh, has kind of taken over there. 
Um, and they both like to run the ball. They've only really had the one good half of football all season long. And that was against Penn State, who now we know it isn't that that good. Um, but Iowa's defense ranks 23rd against the run. So I think Nebraska is going to struggle here. And then Iowa also has held QBs rushing. Um, they held Penn State with their quarterback, their running quarterbacks to only 37 yards. They held Minnesota, not much of a running team with their quarterback, but one yard. Michigan State to negative 21, Northwestern to 26, and Purdue to negative 19. So I think they're going to keep um, not only the run game in check, but I think they'll keep uh, McCaffrey or Mark whoever, whoever gets the bulk of the carries at quarterback in check. And then Iowa, looking at – remember that first game at Purdue where they seemed a little bit more conservative. They were getting Spencer Petrus kind of get them going with the offense. Well, their last four games, they lost 21-20 to Northwestern, and we know how good Northwestern is. And they have beaten Michigan State by 42. They beat Minnesota by 28. And they beat Penn State by 20. So they are rolling. So Nebraska is struggling. They come into Iowa. I think they're going to struggle mightily again. Um, I think this Black Friday kind of, you know, a shortened week uh, for Nebraska and Iowa, I think it's going to affect Nebraska more because – um, just the issues that they've been having on offense. And I think Iowa rolls in this game. So Iowa negative 13 and a half. And I know it's early, but I'm taking them as my lead pipe lock of the week. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I was very close to taking them as my lead pipe as well. Um, like I, like you said, Nebraska just had that one good half against Penn State and Iowa's rolling. So I like the pick there. Yeah, I think uh, the 13 and a half. Uh, we get that extra half point if they win by two scores. But I think Iowa is going to win this going away by three, four scores. So I don't even think that'll be close and uh, be a factor in it. So moving on, we got Maryland at Indiana on Saturday. Indiana comes in, um, you know, with their game against Ohio State where they got behind by about 28 points at one point, but fought all the way back, got it within one score. They had the ball, had a chance to kind of, uh, tie things up, but just couldn't do it. Um, but they come into this game playing Maryland as an 11 point favorite. Maryland was out last week with the COVID issues, uh, but they returned this week. How do you see this one going? Yeah, they actually are, are coming off two weeks off. Um, and prior to that, they had the back-to-back wins against uh, Minnesota and Penn state. Um, but looking at those wins. So what do we know about Penn state? They're, their defense is okay, uh, you know, it's manageable, but their problem is in turnovers. If you look at Penn State's turnover margin, they're in the bottom five, ten teams in the country in all FBS-eligible teams. And then you look at Minnesota's defense. They're ranked in, like, the 90s for their total defense. So each of those teams has their problems. But now they get Indiana, and Indiana's just I, – I don't know if they've lost a game against the spread yet this year. Um, I don't think they have, but Indiana's second in turnover margin. So they take care of the ball and they're able to force turnovers and they're uh, top 20 in total defense. And we all saw how Maryland fared against a team that actually has a good defense back in the first week when they played Northwestern and just got smacked around. 
So I'm looking at this game. It's in Indiana, uh, minus 10.5. I think Indiana is going to cover that pretty easily, so I'm taking Indiana minus 10.5. I like it. I like it. I think Indiana's offense is finally clicking the last few games with Watt Fillier and uh, Fry Fogle getting into it in the passing game. Penix Jr.'s looking solid. He's in his last three games averaging 384 yards a game, 10 touchdowns in that span, and only three interceptions. Um, so when you look at Maryland, who they face, they face Northwestern, who has a solid defense. They face Minnesota, whose defense is garbage and put up 40-plus points on them. And then they face Penn State, who uh, struggles against the pass. They're 53rd. Um, and then – um, when you look at another statistic here is turnovers. So when they face Northwestern, Northwestern, um, they get after the ball. They, they get turnovers. So does Indiana. Indiana ranks 22nd in all the land in turnovers gained. And that's with only playing five games compared to the rest of the nation. So I think Indiana is going to, going to make, uh, Talia Tonga by lower, make some mistakes. Um, we'll see what happens if, those two weeks off, if he's a little bit rusty coming back, or if, if or if those two weeks have you know let the team rest up and kind of learn about Indiana a little bit more, but I think with a young team having too much time off actually hurts. Um, whereas they were they were hot, they were rolling week by week, and I think you know had they kept playing, that would have been helpful. But sitting out those two weeks, I think actually hurts this young Maryland Terrapin team here. Um, so I'm with you. Indiana negative 11 here. Um, I think the offense is too good. And Indiana's defense is very underrated. People aren't giving them enough credit. You take out that Ohio State game, Ohio State, obviously we know their offense is is great. Um, Indiana's defense has been pretty top-notch all year long. And even with the Ohio State game, their their total defense is ranked 18th in the nation. They're 18th against the run um, and 36 against the pass. So they're a complete defense. They're going to shut Talia down. They're going to make them turn it over. And I think their offense is just too much for Maryland to handle. Um, so Indiana's going to put up 40-plus points in this game, and Maryland's not going to be able to keep it within 11. Yeah, and with Indiana, the defense, you know, if you take just a snapshot of the second half of that game, uh, I think they outscored them 28-7. to And the seven points that Ohio State did score was a defensive touchdown. So – that defense, you know, figured out Ohio State in the second half. They are just too, in too much of a hole um, to catch up. Right. And, and Fields, who hadn't turned the ball over all year, um, had, had I know, t- at least two interceptions in that game. Right. So, all right. The third game on the docket, Andy, we got Penn State, who comes in at a shocking 0-5. And they're going to Ann Arbor and facing the Michigan Wolverines, who are a two-point favorite, who also have been struggling this year. So this is this is a game where early, you know, before the season started, you would have thought, okay, this this might be a battle here for a potential berth into the Big Ten championship, or or um, whoever wins this game will be, you know, knocking on the door with Ohio State to see who gets that spot. But we're looking at two just bottom feeders in the Big Ten East. So what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, this is just a pitiful game. I don't think anybody, even Vegas, knows what to make of this game. They just threw a two-and-a-half-point spread on there and just wanted to see what happens. 
Like, if you look at these teams, I think the only one that has a win against the spread was Michigan week one when they beat up on Minnesota's horrible defense. I'm not even convinced that repeat that performance if they tried it again today. Um, but basically, I'm just going with analytics on this game. You know, you take a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, you know, ho- hoping they win by a field goal. And then I'm also putting my faith in Michigan's new quarterback, Cade McNamara, assuming he starts, which I think he does. But, again, we saw how Penn State fared when they went with their backup quarterback, Levis. You know, it looked good initially, but then he came in last week and looked horrible. But uh, I think Cade McNamara is a better option than Joe Milton. Joe Milton just hasn't looked good all season. So um, I'm taking Michigan at home, minus two and a half. I think they win this game by about a field goal, you know, maybe four, six points around there. But um, I'm going to very slight lean. Like I said, I don't I don't recommend anybody bets on this game because nobody knows what's going to happen. Penn State's really just like seeing what they got at this point because this is what season is a lost cause. So, um, I, like I said, slight lean Michigan, but – not very confident. All right. I, uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. So I found some stuff that leads me to believe Penn State is going to cover the two points here. So Michigan defense last three games has been pitiful. They've given up 486 yards, um, 42 points, only one turnover. And, and that was three games ago. And then the last two games, they've given up 468, 460 yards, um, respectively, and 49 points and 38 points. And in that span, only one turnover. When you look at Penn State's offense, their offense isn't too bad, Andy. It's the turnovers that have gotten them. So in their last three games, they put up 342 yards, 501 yards, 434 yards. But they've had four turnovers, two turnovers, three turnovers. But you know who doesn't get turnovers? The Wolverines. So I think Penn State comes into this game. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for either team because you got, like you said, McNamara, Milton, and then Clifford and Levis. So it'll be interesting to see what these teams do. But I think Penn State offense will still – do well against this Michigan defense. And I think they'll hold on to the ball better because Michigan hasn't caused turnovers all year. So I think Penn state gets their first win of the season here. Um, You know, like I said, I can't argue with that. (laughs) I think both of these teams are just, you know, disappointments as far as this whole season's concerned. Maybe it's a coronavirus is to blame. I don't know, but yeah, this is not going to be an exciting game to watch for anybody. No, and I think when you look at uh, last game with Michigan, when they put in McNamara and he kind of jump-sparked them a little bit, um, and then they also were able to get their run game going with uh, uh, Haskins, um, Charbonnet. But Penn State ranks 32 against the run, so I think they're going to shut that down, make McNamara or Milton become one-dimensional. Um, and I, I just think that, Penn State's going to, you know, get it together on offense, hold on to the ball, even just, you know, lessen the turnovers from three or four a game, which is just a killer. Um, And then they're going to win this game outright. That's a fair assessment. (laughs) All right. So we got the fourth matchup is the Buckeyes 
going to Champaign, Illinois as a 28-point favorite. Um, OSU obviously had uh, their struggles against Indiana in the second half last week. And Illinois comes in after a blowout beatdown. I believe it was your lead pipe lock of the week last week um, over Nebraska. It sure was. And by the way, that was my fourth lead pipe lock in a row for all those paying attention. But uh, I digress. So looking at this game, Ohio State, 28-point favorites. I think the most surprising thing for me, too, was like thinking, okay, well, Indiana was about a 21-point underdog last week. I think Illinois is... Vegas is basically telling us that Illinois is only about seven points worse than Indiana, which I, that doesn't sound right to me. I know there's a home and away thing going that, which switches here, but um, so I talked earlier about Ohio state's, you know, second half struggles against Indiana. Well, it's not just against Indiana. It's been their last three games. They've given up 19 or more second half points. And uh, that's resulted, you know, for all the, all of us betters, uh, a couple backdoor covers or second half covers uh, against, you know, Indiana and some other inferior teams. Um, But even with that second half stat, this defense still only gives up 23 points per game, which is crazy because these last three games, they're giving up 19 and just in the second half or more. Um, Illinois, even with their big 41 point performance last week, they're still only putting up 17 points per game scoring offense um ohio state on the other hand is fifth in the nation in scoring offense they're putting up almost 47 points per game i think that ryan day is acutely aware of their second half struggles and he's going to be coaching that up because they're going to be playing some teams that are going to you know come back in the second half some games that actually matter especially towards the end of the season here and this is the perfect team to really exploit that so I think Ohio State jumps out early. Um, we all know about, you know, Justin Fields, Chris Olive, and Garrett Wilson, Master Teague, just, you know, electric performers on offense. Um, I think they're going to cover this 28-point spread. Uh, it might not be pretty, but I think they do it. And um, I think they really improve on their second-half performance here on this game. Okay. All right. Ohio State has not won by 25 all season. So I think the 28 is uh, the key number here to look out for. Like you said, they've struggled on defense. This isn't your father's Buckeyes defense. They rank only 33rd in total defense, 51 against the pass, 35 against the run. And then a shocking stat here. So they've played five games. They have only um, gotten five turnovers in those five games. So only won a game which is shocking for for a Buckeyes defense. Um, I think running backs, Mike Epstein and Chase Brown from Illinois, uh, uh, they showed up last week uh, big time. I think they continue have continued success this week um, and open things up for QB Brandon Peters and uh, um, Josh Amatterbebe, who is their top wide receiver. So I think Illinois has the pieces on offense to – not keep this game close by any means, but they're going to score points against this Buckeyes defense. So, yeah, Ohio State's going to probably put up 45 points, 50 points, but Illinois, I think, will score touchdowns. They'll score points in the first half, and then, like you said, in the second half, Ohio State has struggled mightily, and I think, you know, the offenses have been starting to figure them out a little bit. So, 
Lovey Smith, you know, with his background, his coaching background, I think he, he gets some scoring early and, and keeps it up throughout the game. And so I like Illinois in 28 here. I just think the 28 is too much for the Buckeyes. Um, they haven't been covering those big spreads all year. And, and I'm taking the fighting line I hear. I want to check the pronunciation on that wide receiver. Uh, did you uh, practice that before we started? I did not. I, I have no idea if that's correct or not, but I'm I'm hoping I uh, gave it my <laughs> all, all right. There. Well, all right. Well, that's fair. Like I said, 28 is a big uh, spread, and Ohio State hasn't been great against the spread this year, so I don't think that's a bad pick. Right. All right. So our fifth matchup of the of the weekend, we got the Northwestern Wildcats, five and zero, coming in as a thirteen and a half point favorite. Uh, to East Lansing, they're uh, playing against Michigan State, who was out last week as well with the COVID issues from Maryland. Um, so they've had two weeks to prepare for this one. But Northwestern comes in hot. Their defense might be the best in the Big Ten. Do you think Michigan State can have some success? All right, I'm going to keep this one real simple. Michigan State has had a total of seven points in the last two games. They were shut out against Indiana at home, 24 nothing. And Iowa embarrassed them like 49 to 7 or something like that. Both of those teams are top 40 defense. Now they get the Northwestern Wildcats coming in, who are a top 10 defense, who just held probably, you know, Wisconsin Badgers, who, you know, we don't know if those first two games were just lightning in a bottle, but they were a pretty exciting offense those first two games, and they only had seven points. Michigan State is not going to score a point this game. And if they do, it's going to be on some fluke defense play or some busted play on defense, but I don't see it happening. So now you're telling me that Northwestern only has to score two touchdowns, which I think they've done in every game this year. And Michigan State's defense isn't enough to, you know, keep it too tight. So I'm taking Northwestern minus the 13 and a half, and this is going to be my lead pipe lock for the week. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. Um, Northwestern, like you said, they have uh, a stellar defense led by my boy, Patty Fisher. I think I mentioned him every podcast just because I love the guy. Yeah, you do. Um, but so Michigan state got shut out by Indiana's defense and now they can go up against Northwestern's defense. I feel like they've, they've had the toughest schedule when it comes to the defenses, like you said, playing Iowa, um, and now, uh, Northwestern comes to town and then Indiana's defense. So this isn't going to be close. So I don't know who's playing quarterback. It's probably Peyton Thorne. He's going to struggle. Northwestern um, has turned, uh, has gained 10 turnovers in five games um, with their defense. And Sparty has given up 14 turnovers in only four games. So there's going to be turnovers aplenty. It's going to shorten the field. Um, for the Northwestern offense, Peyton Ramsey, um, you know, he's he's looked pretty solid. He, you know, he does enough um, in the games to get the win. Uh, but I think it's the story of the defense in this one. So, like you said, I'd be shocked if Michigan State had more than 10 points, you know, and I'd be shocked, completely shocked if they did. So I think Northwestern, like you said, only needs a couple of scores with shortened fields because of the defense. I think they, they'll they get, you know, at least in the 20s, not into the 30s. So they're going to win this one easy. 
Um, if I didn't already have a lead pipe lock of the week, this probably would have been right up there too. Um, but I'm pretty confident on this one. I think the, the Wildcats cover the 13 and a half. Yeah, I don't know what the over-under is on Michigan State's game total, but take the under because they're not scoring. I like it. I like it. All right, last game of the weekend, we got Rutgers um, coming off a three-overtime loss to the Wolverines. They're going at Purdue. Purdue is uh, coming off that Friday night loss where there may or may not have been a, a offensive pass interference that didn't go their way um, and, and ended up losing that game to the Gophers. So Purdue then at 11 and a half point favorite here to Rutgers. How do you see this one going? So uh, Purdue's on a bit of a skid here after somewhat of a hot start with wins against Iowa. Uh, and uh, I can't remember their other win. Sorry, but. Yeah, so they're on a skid. They had that bad loss to Minnesota last week, and you know they fell behind against Northwestern, and that defense really just didn't let them get back into that game. Um, so, oh, so yeah, Illinois was their other win. So they've only got two wins on this season, and both of those wins are by seven or less. When um, that seven-point win was against Illinois, aside from indiana and ohio state rutgers generally keeps their games pretty close obviously they've you know got a win against uh, michigan state and uh the game against michigan last week which went into overtime um but looking at purdue so their total offense is around you know indiana level so indiana put up i believe 37 points on rutgers but Purdue's total defense is more akin to Michigan, which we saw uh, how much Rutgers was able to move the ball on Michigan last week. So I think this game actually turns into a bit of a, a high-scoring affair. Um, and I just don't think Purdue's got enough firepower to, or at least strength on defense, to win by more than 10 points, which is why I'm, I'm leaning Rutgers. And this is actually the only... Uh, underdog i've picked this week i believe but i'm leaning on uh, rutgers with the 11 and a half points they've been pretty good against the spread this this year and uh, i think that's just too big for a team like purdue to cover without a run game sure sure no i think uh, uh a key point here just, that just got a few days ago is the defensive end um george carlapis is out for Purdue due to COVID. So he's going to miss this one. He's their leading tackler um, when it comes to tackles for a loss. He's had a couple of sacks on the year. I think he's a key component to their defense. Um, and I think Rutgers and Coach Gano, they're going to expose that a little bit. Um, like you said, yes, Purdue is probably going to have success throwing the ball this week. They're going to score quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, over and over, but can Rutgers keep it within 12 points, within 11 or less? That's the key. So I think Purdue is angry that they that Paul didn't go their way, um, but I think they kind of put themselves in that position by being behind all game long to Minnesota. Um, so I think this week they're they're going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry at home. Um, and like you said, this game's going to be kind of similar to like when they played Indiana and Indiana beat them by 16, beat Rutgers by 16. So 
I'm I'm thinking that Purdue, even though this this spread this screams take Rutgers, take Rutgers. I'm taking Purdue here. I'm gonna take them at home, eleven and a half point favorite. This is probably my least confident of all the picks, um, but I think that they're gonna be hungry and the all the the signs that point pick Rutgers. Um, it it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I was uh, fuddled on this one, so I can understand the Purdue pick. I love Purdue. I think their offense is really underrated. Uh, I think if they had a run game, they would be, you know, one of the better teams in the Big Ten East. So I'm not. I'm not a. They do that Horvath guy. Yeah, I know. They just need to feed him the rock because he's like a bowling ball. Yeah, he just runs through people. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here, but. We got quite a few picks that are different this week. Yeah, I think we had three, so that might be that might be the most we've differentiated all season long. Yeah, no, that is that is uh, by far the most. the The good news is is both our lead pipe locks. We both agreed on those, um, so those will be interesting to see how those play out uh, this year and are this uh, this week. And then I think uh, the game I'm most looking forward to, though, is that Penn State-Michigan game. Um, where I think, I think the turnovers is the key to this one. It, can Michigan's defense get a few turnovers? Then I think Michigan wins it easily. Um, but I think Penn State finds a way to hold on for the ball, and their offense has been good all year. So I think they win this game. Yeah, that's uh, a game that I'm not excited for. I guess you're just sort of like, which team doesn't suck – the most that game but I think the most exciting game is going to be Maryland at Indiana a couple of high-powered offenses um, but like we we both agreed on Indiana there so uh, it's going to be a you know a good slate so I'm excited nice all right so as always I, I ask you every week some week you do some research outside of the Big Ten sometimes not I know it was a holiday week so maybe you didn't get around to it but is there anything outside of the big 10 that you're looking forward uh, to this weekend the game of the week maybe depending on who you ask uh north carolina and notre dame notre dame number two team in the country uh so i don't have everything written down but i was looking at it um both of these teams have great offenses top 10 offenses in the country Dame has a top 15 top 10 defense um, and you look at North Carolina, their defense is sort of more middle of the pack. And the games they win, teams are scoring a lot of points. And obviously the games they lose, they lost a bad game to Virginia, and they lost a bad game to uh, Florida State. And both those teams are put up you know, over 30 points. The spread on this game right now is only, I shouldn't say, well, it's, it's negative five and a half, I believe. I, I don't know if the line's changed since I looked last, but uh, – yeah, I've seen five okay, and so six. Notre Dame, it is obviously on the road. I think it's in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is, but yes. But Notre Dame, you know, aside from, the, I think, the Louisville game, which they won 12-7, to they've been, uh, you know, handling teams pretty easily. I think they had one other close one. But the biggest thing to me is just they're not letting other teams score that many points on them. What North Carolina does uh, you know they they turn it they turns into a track meet with those games. So I'm thinking that the Notre Dame defense keeps them alive in this game, the whole thing. And North Carolina is going to be playing from behind. And I'm taking Notre Dame to win this game by a touchdown. 
I think you might have saw my uh, cheat sheet somewhere. So that was actually going to be my game as well outside of the uh, Big Ten. So I'm exactly with you here. I think both offenses are really good. Um, but when it comes down to the game, what's going to happen? I think Notre Dame's defense is going to stall that North Carolina offense down um, quite a bit and and win that uh, by well more oh. than a touchdown. Um, I think that uh, Virginia or sorry that North Carolina has given up you know big big points to not really great offensive teams. Um, they gave up forty five to Virginia Tech. They gave up forty four to. Virginia yeah, they gave up 53 to Wake Forest. Like, now you got Notre Dame coming to town. Like, they're going to put up 50 on them. So, unless North Carolina can keep keep it a track meet, then, yeah, okay. But I don't see it. I think Notre Dame's defense is going to um, hold North Carolina in the 30s or less, and, and, and they'll probably put up 40-plus points in this terrible North Carolina defense. So, I'm with you. Um and this game's actually tomorrow, so we'll we'll be able to watch this one in the afternoon as well. We got a couple games on the slate tomorrow. It'll be a yeah. I think weekend. Notre Dame's defense has only given up forty points once, and that was to Clemson, uh, which is obviously Clemson. You know, Trevor Lawrence. So it's not going to happen against North Carolina and whoever they got. So yeah, Notre Dame's going to easily put up over forty. And yeah, I I agree. I agree with you. North Carolina is probably going to be lucky to score thirty here. Yeah, no, Clemson, that game uh, didn't have Lawrence. They had uh, – Oh, right, right. Uh, the but still, you know, Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that game did go to overtime, yeah. uh, I believe, right? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, so, so they didn't really put up 40 points. They had 33 well, right. in regulation. Well, it still counts for Vegas. It does. It does, but, you know, we're planning as if this game's not going to sure. go to overtime. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got a fun, exciting week com- weekend coming up of football here. Um, some interesting storylines. It's the holiday weekend, so celebrate with your families. And uh, as always, remember, please, please gamble responsibly. And you can follow me on Twitter at DSTAR18. I'll be putting all these picks up as, long, uh, um, as well as the podcast. Andy, you got yep, a little I'm plug for real us? I'm at A-Star, and I will be doing the same. Awesome. All right. We look forward to it and uh, we'll see what happens. We got three picks different, but I think I'm coming for you, Andy. All right. Have a good one, everybody.